0: Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. Well, welcome to Calvary Chapel. Grab a Bible and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 18, verse 24. We continue through the book of Acts, chapter 18, verse 24. Conquer with the Spirit. Have you gotten down, discouraged and defeated? Has the enemy beaten you up and thrown you into the pit of despair? And have you fallen and you can't get up? <laughs> Man, this is life, huh? Ups and downs, trials, tribulations. And even the Christian life, right? Still has its struggles and ups and downs like everyone else. The Holy Spirit is essential. You cannot live the Christian life successfully without the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our teacher, our comforter, our counselor, our power source, and yes, our very secret weapon. We're going to discover today that what is missing is the power of the Spirit. See, you've been trying to do it in your own ability. Something has been missing. Why is it so hard? Why isn't it working? Why am I not getting my healing, my miracle, my answer from God? You know, I try a harder God. And the harder I try, it seems the more I slide backwards. Well, what you need is the secret, the Holy Spirit of God and his power, his anointing, and his baptism build your life on scripture this is what we're going to start out with we're going to realize you got to start with the Bible you got to start with the Word of God but you don't end there let's jump in Acts 1824 now a Jew named Apollos an Alexandrian by birth an eloquent man came to Ephesus and he was mighty in the scriptures This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. He knew about Jesus, yes. And being fervent in spirit, he had great zeal and compassion for God. He was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus. He's right on. He knows the scriptures, right? He knows the Bible. He's a Bible thumper, right? He's a Berean. Being acquainted with, only with the baptism of John. He's doing the best with what he knows. He understands the great prophet John the Baptist, right? Uh, kind of the kooky guy with the long hair and the beard and living out on the river and boy, preach like Billy Graham and everybody's coming. But what John taught and presented was repentance, our sin confronting us. Yes, the law and the law convicts me and it rips me up and I, I'm condemned and I'm open and I'm repentant and God, I'm sorry. But we must go further. You cannot just keep praying, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You've got to go deeper into the things of the Lord, deeper into the Spirit. Verse 26. And he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. He's witnessing to the Jews, those of another faith, Judaism. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. This is our dynamic duo, if you will. They are a Christian married couple, Priscilla and Aquila. And they're uh, taken by this preacher. Boy, he could preach it. Oh, he's a debater. He's a fighter. He's a Billy Graham. But yet something is missing. And so they bring him in. They reveal him deeper into the things of the Lord. Have you been born again? Do you have the Spirit of God inside of you? Have you been transformed by the power of God? Have you encountered deep and spiritual things. 27. And when he wanted to go across to Achaia, he wants to join their missionary team. The brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he had arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. A member of the team, joining the missionaries, joining the ministry, jumping on with Paul and all his missionaries. He's excited. 28. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. He is an apologist a defender of the faith. He knows to argue from Scripture how to persuade, how to bring people to the Lord, but yet something is still missing. It's not enough just to have the Scriptures only. I've been to some churches. They are very high church, formal, tradition orators, scholars, great Bible theologians. But still sometimes something's still missing. It's the scripture's but where is the author of the scriptures? Where is the Holy Spirit who inspires the one who wrote the scriptures and explains the scriptures to us? And the Holy Spirit is the one who touches us and inspires us and empowers us. And I'm afraid if you have the scriptures without the spirit, you have dead orthodoxy. Great doctrines and teachings. But how does it apply to me? Where is the power Where's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? So it is both Scripture and the Spirit. And that's what I love about Calvary Chapel. Oh, yes, be deep into the Word. But now, where's the Holy Spirit? Dove, are you open to the Spirit? Will you allow Him to touch you, to come into your life, to come upon you, to change you, and to do His powerful things? So it's two. The Scriptures. And the Holy Spirit becomes spirit saved and baptized. Let's read it, chapter 19, verse 1. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Here comes our great apostle. Yet yeah, Apollos was bringing the scriptures, but can I tell you, Paul is going to bring. The Holy Spirit, we need both. Something has been missing. Verse 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Yeah, we've heard about Jesus, the scriptures, but who's this Holy Spirit? What's his purpose? What does he do? This is new to us. Verse 3, and he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Well, you know, we followed John the Baptist. We confessed our sins to God and we're waiting for Jesus, the Messiah. Well, Jesus is here, His Holy Spirit is here, the Spirit of Christ. You need to go further. You need to go deeper. Open your heart and invite Jesus, his Holy Spirit, into your life and become born again by the Spirit of God. Verse 4, Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him, in Jesus, who was coming after him. That is in Jesus Yes, John brought repentance, sin, the law, but not the Spirit, right? John baptized with water, but Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Spirit. There's still yet more. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want the Spirit inside of me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I, now that I'm a Christian, I want to take the mark of the Christian water baptism and be baptized in the name of Jesus, baptized in the name of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like Jesus taught, right? The Great Commission. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. The laying of hands was a point of contact, a step of faith. You see it with Jesus, with the apostles, with the church. Jesus would touch people, yes? And they'd be healed. They'd be delivered. Grab the little girl by her dead hand and raise her from the dead, you know. Leopards touching him, and then they were healed. A point of contact. So laying of hands, you know, when someone comes forward for prayer, a lot of times I'll say, can I, is it okay if I lay hands on you? Can I touch you? Because some people are like, what are you doing? Why are you touching me? You know, well, this is a Christian custom. It's very powerful to call for the leaders to lay hands upon you, the elders to call for the church. Will everyone come and lay hands on me? Very powerful to be touched in faith. And Paul touches them. And they encounter and experience the Holy Spirit. Now, I think there's three experiences with the Holy Spirit. The first one, many people have experienced the Holy Spirit being with them. You know, we sense God was there. He spoke to me. I had this experience as a child. I heard his voice. It was like he was walking with me like footsteps. Like footprints, the poem, yes? And sometimes the Holy Spirit was so powerful, he picked me up, and he carried me through difficult times in my life. And that's the with experience. The Holy Spirit has been with you, but it's deeper than that. You can say, Spirit of Christ, come into my heart, and you can have the Holy Spirit in you that makes you born again. It gives you a spiritual experience. He touches you, he possesses you, he starts changing you. Then there is a third experience like we see here. The Holy Spirit comes upon an anointing, a blessing, an empowering for service to do great and miraculous, even the supernatural things of God. So when the Spirit came upon them, they got spiritual gifts. Now, I do disagree with some Pentecostals that say, but the baptism of the Spirit is only the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I don't see it here. I see that there's many gifts of the Spirit. I think over 20 gifts, and here I see two different gifts. Some got speaking in tongues, and some got the better gift of prophecy. You know, Paul says prophecy is more important than speaking in tongues. Tongues is the least of the gifts. Why not seek the greater gifts like the Bible teaches? So here when the Spirit came upon them at touch, they started to encounter the spiritual, deep, powerful things, even supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe the gifts are still for today. I believe you could still be prophesied. I've been prophesied over, and it came true. People told, Christians told my future, I've had a God speak to me, give me visions, do incredible things, pray for people and see them heal, get up and walk. I've seen demons come out of people and them come back to their senses. Yes, it's still happening today. Witness for Jesus boldly. Verse 7 There were in all about 12 men. Who experienced this Holy Spirit thing? Verse 8. And he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it is for a purpose for service, to be obedient, to be yielded, to be used by him. And you see the great Apostle Paul is speaking out boldly. He's arguing, he's preaching, he's persuading, he's defending an apologist, if you will. Verse 9, But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people, He withdrew from them and took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Some people will not believe. They're going to argue. They're going to fight. They're going to get belligerent. They're going to attack the way. The way is another name for the church. They nicknamed it the way because we follow the way of Jesus. Jesus is our way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We're of the way, Jesus, capital W. Jesus is my way. Can I tell you, Jesus won't just show you the way. He wants to be your way. He's not going to say, well, here, here's a verse here or two in there and there, and just do what that says and goodbye. He's going to say, no, you've got to call upon me every day. You have to seek my Holy Spirit, and he will show you the way. I will be your way every day. That way you can't just get the treasure map, you know, and dump the treasure. You know, Jesus is the treasure. You, you can't throw him under the bus. You're dependent upon him every day to be your way, to show you the way. He is the map. The church is the way. So they continue. He pulls disciples away. The baby disciples, the young Christians. This is too brutal. This is too heavy. Let's pull away from these and let's go to another environment, you know. As we disciple Christians, we protect them so they don't get beat up and pulled away by the world. Verse 10. This took place for two years so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. The Greek world. Alexander had conquered the world. It's like everybody speaks Greek. So the Jews first, but then the Greek world, the ends of the earth. When I had become a Christian as a child, I was very shy, quiet. I couldn't talk. I just, you know, the the biggest fear of an American is to stand before a group and have to talk do a presentation. I would die at school. Remember school when you did the little projects and you had to do your little book report or whatever and you'd die a thousand deaths? I'll take an F instead. I don't want to get up there. And this is me. I'm afraid of the world, you know. I can't talk. I can't do this. And as a little child, come on, Johnny, come up here and sing for us. Oh, what has God done in your life? And, And it's weird how the Holy Spirit can come upon you and empower you and give you boldness and make you do things you thought you could never do. And slowly I would share and give a scripture and a testimony and preach and teach and would go to churches and parks and prisons and jails and California Youth Authority, juvenile halls, mental institutions, just everywhere I joined different bands and groups and singing groups and just ministered for the Lord. And sometimes it'd be a dozen, sometimes a couple hundred, sometimes a couple thousand. And afterwards, I'd be, wow, did I really do that? It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit came on me. He gave me the boldness. He gave me the strength because I was too scared to stand in front of that big of a group. It is the baptism, the anointing, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. He will enable you overpower by the Holy Spirit. He will make you a conqueror. He will make you victorious. He will make you a warrior for God. Verse 11. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul. The supernatural, the incredible stuff that would blow your mind so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. Well, this is kooky. Bizarre. Paul's clothing, his handkerchief, his, his sock, his apron, his robe. Quick Rip off a sleeve. I need that one. We're going to heal someone. (laughs) Rub it on their body. This is goofy. But the power of God, the anointing of God is on him so thick, so powerful. It's like it's oozing out of his clothes. And so they take articles of Paul's clothing and when they touch you, you are healed from your sickness and the demon goes running out of you screaming. It delivers you. Well, that's crazy. That doesn't make sense. Why would God do it that way? I don't think that that's biblical. (laughs) You cannot fit God in your little box. You cannot force God to follow your formula. God is going to work and heal. The sovereign spirit is going to move the way he chooses, and he needs not your permission and he is beyond your imagination, your opinion, and your experiences. Well, that's not how God did it for me. The Holy Spirit's got to do it the same for you as he did it for me. Oh, no. God's, I'm going to use clothing. Do you remember? The woman bleeding her whole life, and she thought, if I could just touch the fringe of his garment of Jesus Christ. I know I'll be healed. I think she pushed her way through the crowds. I think she got on her hands and knees and she reached down and she grabbed the little dirty edge of his clothing. And Jesus could feel power coming out of him through his clothing, the tingling power through her body. And she knew she was healed. By touching his clothes. Can I tell you, this happened more than once. Jesus healed more than once through his clothes. Bizarre. I always think, that's crazy. Why would you do things like that? God, you know, I wouldn't do it like that. I always thought it was so comical and bizarre when the blind man's like, Jesus, heal me, heal me. Okay, hold on. Let me spit on the ground. I'm making mud. Jesus, what are you doing? I'm rubbing mud in your eyes. You know, I spit on the ground and here's mud in your eyes, kid. What? Go wash your eyes out and you'll see. And I always thought that was the craziest way to heal. Just wave your hand and say your heals, you know. But God will do things that will blow your mind, that seem silly, that seem kooky, because he's God and he's going to do it his way through mud in your eye. Through a handkerchief, the demons will scream. 13, but also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place, attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So as the power of God is manifesting, the power of the Holy Spirit, the world wants to copy. Other religions want to copy Jesus. Judaism, their Jewish exorcists, say, let's add Jesus. Let's add him to our repertoire. That'll be another name. We could speak this powerful name. It'll help us when we do our job and get paid to cast out demons. Yes? Make us more powerful in exorcisms of battling demons. Use the name of Jesus. Yes. 14. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. Well, my daddy's a powerful priest, so I'm going to go in the ministry too. Right? Write his coattails. Nepotism because my parents are called, I'm called, right, to be an exorcist. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> all seven of my brother, you know, six brothers, seven of us, we're all going to be exorcists. And we got the powerful name of Jesus. That's all we know. That's all we need, right? We can use his name. And so they would speak over the demon and use the power of the name of Jesus. But do you see... I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Paul knows Jesus. I don't know Jesus, but I'm going to still use his name, right? I could use the cross, you know, cast it out, even though I don't believe in it. 15. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, to our seven amateur exorcists that are not born-again Christians, can I tell you, I recognize Jesus, the demon says. And I know Paul but who are you that's not good (laughs) demons know Jesus he's the son of God demons know Paul he's the great apostle to the Gentiles thanks for supporting verse-by-verse the teaching ministry of pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.